You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. All this month, our church is going through a series called Christmas at the Movies, and we get the joy of looking at some classic Christmas films and seeing what lessons we can learn about life and faith from them. And today we're going to look at what is probably one of the most classic Christmas films of all time, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It first aired on December 18th, 1966, and it was a made-for-TV Christmas special. And it's one of those films that just kind of is everywhere. It's all throughout our culture. Everyone knows the idea of the Grinch and how he stole Christmas. IMDB describes the plot of the movie as this. A grumpy hermit hatches a plan to steal Christmas from the Who's of Whoville. If you know anything about the Grinch, you know that he lived up in a cave, up in the mountains by himself, that he was a loner. And he was a very selfish, self-centered character. He had no joy whatsoever. So he decides that he's going to go down to this village where The people are celebrating, the Who's of Whoville are celebrating Christmas and they're having fun together and they're singing and they're sharing meals and they're decorating and they're doing all these things that we classically associate with Christmas. But he wants to take away their joy because he thinks if he takes away their decorations and their food, if he takes away their presents, that they're going to be as miserable as he is. Now, we don't know exactly why the Grinch decided to do this. The narrator says that he thinks it was because his heart was two sizes too small. And and I think what the story's getting at here is that the Grinch really didn't know how to love. He was a self-focused character who spent all this time in isolation, and he wanted other people to be as filled with disgust and, and outrage as he was because he did not know how to love. And we follow his story, his progression in The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, where the Grinch has to learn what it means to love, to experience love, and to offer love in an unselfish manner. As 2023 approaches, our church has two initiatives we're going to be pursuing that we believe will help our church learn to love unselfishly. Last December, you heard us talking about the need to update our playground area. It's quite old in age by now, and one of the things that in the process of looking at updating our playground is I began to ask our city officials and people in the community, what are some of the biggest needs for the city of Castle Hills? And one of the things that came out was the need for a more playground space or actually for a park. Uh, It's what urban planners would call those third places. Those places that you meet between home and work, a place that you can have community and develop friendships and have fun at. In the process of thinking through this, we realize that we actually have the space on our campus. If you look at the lower part of our campus, most of it's in the floodplain. And we also realize that a lot of people from our communities are already using our space. They're using the playground throughout the week. They're using our patio area to eat lunch and and, uh, build friendships. They're using a little uh, park bench uh, down by a tree uh, at the end of our parking lot. And we're seeing our campus already being used by the community. One of the things that that I realize or that we constantly strive for is we want to be a church that loves our community well. 
And if you look at the historical church, the historical church were normally located in the city or in the middle of the city, and it was a place that people could gather, gather for friendships and to have fun. And that's what we want to do as a church. We want to make sure that we're loving our city well. One of the questions that haunts me and our staff is, if we closed our doors, would anyone notice? Are we loving our city? Are we serving our city? Are we helping our city? And one of the things that, that we see in John chapter 1, verse 14 from the message, uh, we see this, this love for the city and the love for the neighborhood modeled by Christ. It says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory of our own eyes, the one of, of a kind glory like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. As a church, we want to make sure that we're loving our community well. Uh, this past week, I was at a Christmas party, and I, was, I asked the question, how did you come to Castle Hills? One of the ladies told me that we were, Castle Hills was down at a school and doing a PTA event. And I mentioned, if you ever have a need, feel free to reach out to our church. That Sunday, she came with four of her children, or three of her children, and has uh, gotten involved into our church. By us loving our community, we can make a difference. So some of you may be asking, well, how can we partner? Or what, what does that look like to have a, a park or to expand our playground area? And quite honestly, we're in the process of figuring out what that looks like. We're pursuing community partnerships. But I would ask that you would pray for God to open up doors and help us see what that looks like. We're just in the beginning phases of this. We believe that updating our playground and making our campus a place where the community will help our church learn to love. And I would just encourage you again to continue to pray for us as we work toward this. Another need that we've seen in our community is for new churches. The reality is that churches are closing and that San Antonio's population is growing at the same time. And so that means that there's lots of neighborhoods and communities and people groups that don't have access to experiencing worship with a Christian church. There are parts of our church, our city, and parts of our population that need to hear the good news about Jesus, and they don't have a community that they have easy access to where they can do that. New churches are often better at reaching people who are first-time converts to Christianity or people who've had negative experiences with Christianity in the past and maybe are, are distanced or disconnected from the church, a little hesitant to show up. And so our city is in need of new worshiping communities. But we're running into an issue when we talk about church planting here in San Antonio. Traditionally, the way churches are planted in the United States is very expensive. It requires a lot of upfront cost and a lot of of financial input. And that makes it prohibitive in a lot of communities. You can't just go in and plant a church in that model, in that style, in a lot of places, especially in a large urban center like San Antonio. So we want to make sure that we're pursuing new churches in ways that are sustainable, both financially and relationally and resource-wise. So that's one of our goals is to prevent to plant sustainable churches in San Antonio. We also want to make sure that these churches 
are accessible, that they're where people live. Uh, we, we know that lots of us are lucky and fortunate enough to be able to drive long distances around San Antonio, but not everyone has access to that kind of transportation. So we want to put churches where people live so that they're sustainable long-term, but they're also accessible to the people who need them. And we also know that a lot of churches have a dream of growing large, and that's great. But many people are intimidated about being in these big, expansive facilities and gatherings. And so we believe that small, intentional communities being planted in San Antonio is a great way for us to spread the good news of Jesus to people who desperately need to experience that. So we believe that starting new, small, sustainable churches and communities around San Antonio will help our church learn to be unselfish in the way we love our neighbors as ourselves. When you look at the early church, we see that they had certain habits. It's what we would call kingdom habits. And we see that they loved their community very, very well. If you look in Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 42 to 47 from the ESV, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and, and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This year, we're hoping to talk about certain kingdom habits that we want to have in our life and not just talk about these, but actually live these out. We want to engage. We want to engage the Bible. We want to study the Bible. We want to eat together. We want to pray together. We want to share and we want to serve. We want to do all of these things in community. Next year's theme is Connect. And we want to connect to God through various forms, including prayer and studying the Bible and worshiping together. But we also want to connect with each other. We believe that life is done best in community. And so we believe practicing these habits together will help us to learn or love very, very well. And when we talk about practicing these kingdom habits, I think that there's, these are already happening in our church but we want to make sure they're intentionally becoming part of who we are so that we can learn deeply what it means to be connected to each other. The Who's in Whoville, when they woke up on Christmas morning and the Grinch had stolen all of their gifts, uh, they did something interesting. They went down to the town square and they held hands and they began singing. And the Grinch got this sound in his ear. He begins to hear the singing and the celebration that's going on in town. And it shocked him because he assumed that when he had stolen all of their stuff, that they would now start to cry, to mourn, to be upset, to be angry, to lash out. But instead, because of their love, he had not robbed their Christmas spirit. And this is what it says in the movie. It says, then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before, Maybe Christmas, he thought, does not come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. 
So we believe that when we follow Jesus and we put into practice these kingdom habits, we engage with the Bible, we eat together, we pray together, we share our resources together, and we serve together in our church and in our community, that we will begin to develop a heart for each other and for God. And we love God and we love each other deeply. Whatever goes on in life, the ups and downs, the good, the bad, whatever we're experiencing, will not be able to shake us from the love that is at our core. And when we come together and we practice these kingdom habits together, we will begin to experience that kind of deep connection that can't be shaken by the ups and downs of life. If you're part of a life group, you've probably experienced on some level the practicing of these practices and the fact that the love and the connection with God and with each other that's experienced in a life group is unshakable. And we believe that when people come together, not just on Sunday morning, but throughout the week, when they share time sharing about their life and really sitting down face-to-face and experiencing life together through a life group, that that is something significant. And so we believe that life groups will be really powerful for our church in the coming year. We're going to invest a lot of energy into that, and those things will help prepare us to be able to plant churches and to make our campus a third space for the community because we will learn the skills that we need, the habits that we need to connect in life groups. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. See, when we share life together in practices of kingdom habits, uh, we can learn to love, to put the needs of others ahead of our own. 